Topics. I'm Megan. I'm Brooke. And we are here for an episode on passive aggressiveness. <laughs> well, this is a really big one. Yeah. And actually, I was talking to my counselor, Sue, and she mentioned how codependency and passive aggression are super linked. And I thought, oh my gosh, why have we not done an episode about that? Yeah. And it's super prevalent in my life, definitely with my. Um, like formative relationships of like formative codependent relationships mm-hmm. have been huge. So learning how to be more assertive, express my feelings, learning it's okay to be angry or not have a positive thing to say, you know, yeah, all those things are so hard when you're used to responding in a passive aggressive way. Yeah. Switching from being a passive aggressive person to a not passive aggressive person is very Mm. difficult, especially when it's a way of life and you might have observed your parents be that way or or just significant people in your life also Mm -hmm. do that. Then that might be the only way you know how to be. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know? And actually what's fascinating is in researching codependency and passive aggression, I found out that, um, the American Psychological Association actually considered passive aggression a personality disorder. Like, it was a diagnosis in the DSM-4. Yeah. And in the DSM, it says, describing passive aggression, it says, this behavior commonly reflects hostility, which the individual feels he dare not express openly. Someone British Mm. wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) Often the behavior is one expression of the patient's resentment at failing to find gratification in a relationship with an individual upon which he is over-dependent. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Like, you didn't do something that I needed you to do or be the way I needed you to be, and so now I'm going to be passive-aggressive to you because I'm mad at you now. And I expect you to understand what you did Mm -hmm. wrong, right? Yep. Yep. And the DSM-4 ascribed the disorder to someone with negative attitudes and passive resistance to requests for adequate performance, indicated by at least four of these traits, but not due to depression, so that would, would have been separate. But at least four of these traits. Passively resists fulfilling routine tasks. And they often talk about, um, when they were describing this, like um, procrastination is really common in people who are passive-aggressive because they feel like they can control you by not doing the thing. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Complains of being misunderstood and unappreciated. So constantly feeling misunderstood, different. Yeah. You know, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's I do me. That. Me to a T. <laughs> I was going to say, that's <laughs> totally me. Is sullen and argumentative. Scorns mm. and criticizes authority. Expresses envy and resentment towards those seeming more fortunate. Frequently makes exaggerated complaints of misfortune. Shows alternating hostile defiance and contrition. Hmm. But then after like 40 years, it was dropped. So in 1994, the American Psychological Association took it out of the DSM as an actual um, disorder. But passive aggression was found to be related to other disorders like borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. And they say often it's caused by being in association with another actual disorder or negative childhood experiences, substance abuse, stuff like that. That's kind of crazy they removed it from the DSM because don't you think that people's like... I don't want to say only problem, but sometimes the isolation of the issue is mm-hmm. just the fact that this person is just chronically 
uh, passive aggressive, yeah. right? So wouldn't you think that that exists on its own instead of being connected to like you know, borderline personality or some of the other ones? Right. You know? Yeah, I don't know what the why they thought the qualification was different. Like, okay, now it's not an actual disorder; it's just a trait. Yeah. You know, I don't know what what, what the them? rubric is there. You yeah, know? they're like actually this isn't as prevalent enough mm-hmm. to be a disorder, but it's still prevalent. Mm-hmm. They're British again. <laughs> They're smoking a pipe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's get into, I mean, I, I am super familiar with passive aggression, but yeah. let's get into characteristics of it. Yeah, absolutely. So one main one is denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big one. This isn't happening or the thing you said didn't happen. Yeah. It just didn't. You're exaggerating. Exactly. Or just forgetting. Mm-hmm. I mean, forgetting is a big one. Procrastinating. Um, oh, like I said earlier, it's like a control thing. Mm-hmm. Obstructing. Ooh, like, I'm gonna kind of get in the way of what you're saying, or the end goal, or I'm getting in the way of trying to build a communication bridge right now. I'm gonna obstruct our our line of action. Actually, in uh, one of my formative, more codependent relationships where passive aggression was key, a lot of, like, um, uh, what's it called when you're, like throwing you're just throwing a wrench in the conversation just to make the other person feel confused Mm. that often would happen oh i do that too (laughs) (laughs) like oh interesting yeah Ah, yeah so that's a big one that's i think what obstructing means like i'm obstructing this conversation from flowing because i'm going to throw in something that actually confuses you and strays from the topic so that i don't lose and i can continue to deny and blah 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 yeah i yeah i sometimes do that (laughs) (laughs) you're like no i get it i do it um ambiguity Mm. so yeah vague very vague Uh, that i do that a lot like if i especially if i'm feeling passive aggressive Mm -hmm. in that moment yeah um i will definitely like just be vague Mm. (laughs) about my feelings and wants totally you know and then you're never angry yeah because you're hiding it everything's oh it's fine which your partner, especially in a romantic situation, your partner knows, obviously, that you're upset about things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's so funny that a passive-aggressive person thinks that that is not viewable, right? Like you're it's, not hiding it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Incompetency. Mm, lateness. Being late. Mm-hmm. Negativity. Playing the victim. This is a big one. Yeah. Playing the victim is a huge one in passive-aggressiveness because... The idea of staying quiet, I feel like, is just, like, when I'm being passive-aggressive, it's this tornado of all of this stuff. It's a tornado of, I am a victim, I'm so misunderstood. I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah. I, you know, I'm so downtrodden. Um, I, this is happening to me even though I blah, 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 blah. So much resentment. Oh my gosh, yeah. I've and, had those sentences. All oh the time. my gosh. And then and then all of that is like whipped together. That like victimness mm-hmm. is whipped together by denying my part in, in any of this. You yeah. know? But then also denying my ability to tell myself what I need and what I want. And therefore I can't tell the other person. And yeah. I haven't. Ever. So, right. you know, now we're here. And so now I'm mad about all this stuff because I'm the victim and they should know. And and it gives you the perfect out because if mm-hmm. you're passive aggressive and you're not 
aggressive. Yep. Then I'm not being angry. I've done nothing. I've done nothing. Why could you be mad at me for just... I'm a tiny bunny. I'm a helpless <laughs> puppy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, dependency. Mm-hmm. So that can show up. And withholding. Yeah. And that shows up in many different ways. Withholding mm-hmm. lots of different things. For yeah. The other Silent person. treatment. Yeah. Is huge. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like it's just such a habit like when you don't learn how to uh not give in to all these characteristics you literally I felt like I didn't know how to approach a situation like that any differently yeah I wasn't even choosing to do that I just could I had no other option right it felt that way that's all you saw it was only this one option yeah Yeah, because I just felt like I could I'm unable to say something right now because I don't know what I need I don't know how to express what I need I can't because I'm not worthy therefore this is my only option right now back to the silent treatment real quick have you ever given the silent treatment oh absolutely you have yes yes (laughs) (laughs) what about you I don't I don't um, do that often. I don't do the silent treatment thing, but mm. I've definitely been on the receiving end of that. Yeah. And I hate it. I know. And it took me a long time to realize that one of my significant romantic partners in the past, um, was like an expert at mm-hmm. passive aggressiveness. Yeah. And that was really hard to deal with, but they were so good at the silent treatment and just yeah. shutting me out. Mm-hmm. And you just don't do that to a cancer, period. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you right now. Well, it goes like you just say as little as possible. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. Right. No. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. Just tell me. Oh, I You know? That. Are you okay? Yes. Yeah. Nothing. Yes, I'm, I'm fine. fine. You're not fine. Tell it's, me. <laughs> yeah, that's my life. I... I do that a lot less. I actually have a story, maybe it'll come up in a minute, but about recently I had a situation with somebody who I've had a codependent relationship with Mm -hmm. for a long time, and they are definitely codependent, passive-aggressive, all the things, and um, it was a moment where I was behaving differently, less codependent, less passive-aggressive, not faultless, but just I noticed that I was different. I was behaving differently, and that person's codependency and passive aggression actually didn't trigger that me to do that. Mm. You know, progress real huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge. That's crazy. Good for you. It was cool. (laughs) So how codependency and passive aggression are connected. Yeah. Codependent people are often fearful of directness and passive aggressive people avoid directness at all costs. So that's kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, literally I'm both those things. So I I Mm -hmm. guess that makes me a passive aggressive codependent. (laughs) Passive aggressive people make an art of indirect resistance to the demands of others by avoiding direct confrontation. So like procrastinating, pouting, sulking, falling silent Mm -hmm. for hours or days. The silent treatment. (laughs) Uh, When the codependent person finds they cannot rely on the passive-aggressive partner, they tend to express more neediness, which the passive-aggressive one wants to avoid, while simultaneously sounding like they're appeasing. See, that's the thing. It's not honest. It's like, um, I, what? I haven't said anything. Yeah. I haven't shown you that I hate what you're doing, (laughs) and I hated everything. Like, um, they just exacerbate. Yeah. One another. It's a cop out for not directly communicating how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And codependents hate to do that. Mm -hmm. 
the passive aggression undermines honesty, accountability, and trust, leading to frustration and anxiety. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And because I, I feel like when someone is passive aggressive, well, yeah, it's, we just said it. It's not honest. You're not tell, actually telling me, and I'm having to mine it out of you, and that's right. not fair. Right. Suffering from low self-esteem and being unable to express your own anger honestly, which is true for passive aggressive and codependent people, it says because that's true of passive aggression, passive aggressive people, they're often also codependent Mm -hmm. because fearing being controlled by anyone else or fearing that they will have their weaknesses exposed, they feel like they must undermine the wants and needs or plans of their partner. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a survival mechanism. Yeah, yeah, it's the way that they survive. But honestly, it's it's a a way of avoiding uh, confrontation with those emotions. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, we know as a codependent, that's just going to hurt us at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So what can you do to stop being so passive aggressive, Megan? And me, and Brooke. And Brooke. You must build self-awareness, people. This is always the first one. On our action steps point, It's the first one is always build self-awareness. Oh, yeah. Start paying attention to your own thoughts, words, behaviors. Try and identify when you are being passive-aggressive. Spend some time reflecting on why you're doing it and think about what you really want instead. Self-awareness, people, it is so hard. And Mm -hmm. especially coming to terms with your passive-aggressive ways and having to actually face that head-on a lot passive-aggressive people slash codependent people really don't want to face this about themselves. Well, and it's extra hard. They kind of have a barrier because ultimately the list of the things you are when you're passive-aggressive, remember, are like victim, denial. Huge barrier to becoming self-aware because you're already doing stuff that rejects that. Yeah. So you literally have to choose to be opposite of who you are Mm -hmm. in order to understand this better. And also just keep in mind with the self-awareness bit is you are not your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts. So just remember that, you know, like pay attention to what's going on in your brain to make you act in passive aggressive ways and try and nip that in the bud and try and like actually address what's happening underneath the, mm-hmm. the passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Because you know? it is embarrassed. I do feel embarrassed when I notice internally things that I'm doing. Like yeah. a wave of embarrassment hits me. But then it goes away. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I'm better off knowing. And then the next time I can make a different choice and then I feel empowered and I feel way better about myself and, you know? Exactly. Like. It's okay. It's normal to feel guilty and a little embarrassed. I think we are trying to be like, no, don't shame that person. It's like, well, let's use the words correctly. No, we shouldn't shame them. But feeling guilt or feeling a little embarrassed, like that, those are normal feelings that people totally. have intermittently throughout the day. It's like that, all of those feelings, all of our feelings are just like a moment to put, like turn our heads towards something that we need to be looking at. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. And it's way more gentler than what I think we end up doing to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we really beat ourselves up when we go through these things, right? You don't need to amp up that feeling and keep trying to feel it to punish yourself. It's just like, oh, it's, it's the little check engine light on your car, you know? Oh yeah. I like that. That's a cute little analogy. Was that Sue or you? I just said it. It was me. (laughs) Sue or you is a, is merch. (laughs) That is. And a game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that should be like an actual so true. like game sequence that we do on the pod. I love just it. Like, Sue are you? Yes. Yeah. Anyways. 
Um, ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. If you simply ask for what you want, you may just get it. Mm-hmm. For example, someone who asks for a promotion and negotiates for it is most likely to get it than the person who never asked. You don't get it unless you ask. Yeah. Even if you don't get what you want, you might get honest feedback, and that can also help as well. Mm-hmm. I think, what is it, Wayne Gretzky says you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And you know who else said that? Michael Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, this is so basic, but, I mean, it really is the antidote to passive aggressiveness because that's the thing you're not doing when you're being passive aggressive. You're not saying what you think and what you want. Because we probably don't know what we want, but figure that first. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's bigger than just just say it, but, but ultimately that is the thing. Be direct. Mm -hmm. If you know what you want, if you wrote it down and you know now at this point this is what you need and want, then say it. Yeah. And in order to do that, we have to work on our communication skills. You know, I mean, it's important to learn how to communicate openly, honestly, and assertively. That's kind of the word that we'll hear Mm. when we're researching passive aggressiveness. It seems like um, it's not passive. It's not aggressive. It's assertive. Hmm. Um, identify people who communicate well and follow their example. It may also be helpful to read books or take a class on communication. Okay, so there's so many resources on this now. Um, there is a guy on YouTube who does this channel all about, like, how to communicate right, how to have charisma, how mm-hmm. to... Um... Is he on Instagram? Because I follow somebody who does that on Instagram. Really? Yeah, he's I... a lawyer, I think. Oh, no, I think this guy's different. But, mm. I mean, there's so many people who are um, popping up in this space now to True. give information. Yeah. Not just about, like, how to have charisma or whatever, but how to communicate mm-hmm. properly mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how to discuss your emotions in a healthy yeah. way, right? So look up YouTube. There's so many mm-hmm. sources. Look up podcasts, everything. It's something you just have to practice. It's yeah. awkward. But, again, <laughs> pra- like, find a microcosm situation that you're less concerned about and practice there. Yeah. You know, That's practice with your safe coworker. Yes. Or whatever. Yes. That's a good point. Um, someone who doesn't bring out your codependency or your passive aggression. Right. Um, the next one is express anger in healthy ways. If you're angry or upset about something, learn to express your anger in those healthy ways. So. That is key. Well, this is what I was saying earlier is that I didn't feel like I had an option. I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. And so it's important to first recognize your worth that you're worthwhile your feelings are valid and so you're you can express them and then just saying it but I said before when trying to practice this I don't have nuance because I'm just starting it's like to come to a happy medium you have to swing wildly to the other side and then eventually you fall in the happy medium I'm not immediately going to be able to express my anger with nuance in a kind way that represents exactly who I am, what I'm feeling and, you know, connects with the person in a loving way. I'm, it's just not going to happen right away. Right. And that being okay and forgiving yourself for that. And just, I I've said before, I just feel like sometimes the words are just being thrown out of my mouth because I just need to get them out Yeah. because I'm so used to keeping them inside mm-hmm. that that's all it is. I'm just like spouting out words. Yeah. And then over time it's gotten a little easier. I'm still working on this. It's not easy, but you know, it's just it's so hard. This is, is really, really hard for me too. like I, I, bringing up a personal experience. I recently had to talk to my mom about a boundary that I felt like she was crossing. Mm-hmm. But I was so angry in the moment thinking about like, how could I was so annoyed yeah. that this boundary is being crossed. And so I tried to explain it to her, but it came out as like, yes. and it's just like, OK, all I can see is your anger right now. Yeah. That's a problem with emoting like that and not communicating in a way that like just is 
even kill, right? Yeah. You want it to be as neutral as possible, but if you're experiencing that anger, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, if you can, like, before talking about it, practicing, like, a compassion exercise to be compassionate about the person you're speaking to so that you're coming actually from a place of love and not just, like, how dare you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, actually, the next one is empathize with others. So instead of seeing others as your opponents, try to see them from their perspective and empathize with them. So kind of what I was just saying, get compassionate about people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let go of things beyond your control. So be thoughtful about what you should and shouldn't control. Ask yourself why you feel so strongly about the things you feel you should control and learn to let go of things mm-hmm. that are typically beyond your control, which That's is so, so many. Hard. Oh my so gosh. Many things. Most things. Most. I would say. Yes. You don't have control over a lot in this world, people. Well, and a lot of this, I think, is just me stopping ruminating thoughts. Like, yeah. uh, same. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'll have those same thoughts over mm-hmm. and over of just, you know, not being able to control those thoughts of just. And just being like, you know, thinking about this thing is not going to make it better. Yeah. You don't control it. So stop thinking about it. You think you can think your way out of it, though. Exactly. That's the problem. So then just reminding myself of that. Every yeah. day, almost, I have to tell myself that. Right. And then build a healthy support system. So distance yourself from people who communicate passive-aggressively and surround yourself with people who are more honest and direct. Learn how to give and receive support. Yeah. It's been really helpful for me to branch out, get new friends, you know, just learn from how assertive some people can be and I've gone through many periods in my life of either having a framed picture of people like a famous person like a you know uh cool image of their life or whatever who emulates something that I want to be Mm -hmm. and just having that as a reminder or like um in a moment I'll be like how does blank approach this what would blank say and trying to do that, you know? Yes. And just to throw back to one of our episodes, we talked about this in the anxious attachment series. We talked about how uh, emulating your relationship off someone who has a secure connection with yeah. your partner, right? Like if you have an anxious or avoidant partner and you guys want to get to a secure place, then you would need to emulate someone who does have a secure connection yeah. in their relationship. In the same way, we're doing that with our past or with in this way as well yeah <laughs> came out so messed up but yes we're it's a doing the copycat moment exactly you yeah. just say i'm obviously not naturally going to be able to do this so let me copy paste what you know rachel is doing how this person would do it yeah how you does know? this person navigate that etc So that's what you can do if you're the passive aggressive person. But then what if you are in relationship with a passive aggressive person? What can you do dealing with the person who is being passive aggressive? Yes. So you want to look for a pervasive pattern of those passive aggressive symptoms that we read earlier and monitor your feelings. Mm -hmm. If they keep doing that and you feel angry, confused, powerless, you know, when trying to get cooperation with them, if you're trying to be honest and it just is not working, you feel crazy, you may you know, be dealing with a passive aggressive person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot it's of sense. It's just not going to go anywhere. Again, because they're playing the victim, they're obstructing, they're crazy, throwing crazy making wrenches in the conversation. You're like, I'm trying to talk to you and this is, this, it, I just can't. Yeah. It's like, that's a good, good sure. way of identifying if that person's passive aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, it's important not to react when you nag, scold, or get angry. You escalate conflict and give your partner more excuses and ammunition to deny responsibility. Mm. Not only that, but you step into the role of parent, the very one your partner is rebelling against. So don't be vague, drop hints, blame, or allow yourself to pay back in kind. You don't mm-hmm. want to do any of that. Yeah. Right? Well, and how Sue talks about this is like a gray wall. You want to gray wall them. So... They feed off of your response to them. And so if you don't give them that, they have nowhere to go from there. Oh, okay. So that's kind of what, like, for example, recently um, I was in a relationship with someone who has, it's been codependent and um, we uh, are both passive aggressive and I have in the past detached a little bit and set boundaries and now I'm a little bit less passive aggressive it is still often a trigger and I often get that way more with that person than other people just because it's been you know a long time yeah um a relationship like that but um we were talking about something and I've expressed my opinion uh, about something that I wasn't happy about immediately not okay upset the person was upset that I said that, denied it, said I was exaggerating, you know, immediately. And there's no conversation about, like, why I might feel that way. Just, no, that didn't happen. Then that person's upset. I even made my feelings known. Complete silent treatment for the rest of the 40-minute ride, you know, yeah. to our location. Super awkward. So, very <laughs> awkward. But I just noticed, you know, I... We kind of got to the silent treatment a little quicker than we normally do (laughs) because I was graywalling. I was just saying facts and I wasn't nagging back and I wasn't, you know, uh, reactive. I wasn't, I didn't sound angry. Um, Now, there are a few things that I did that I wouldn't have done. So I'm not saying I'm faultless, but just in talking about the actual passive aggressive characteristics. Yeah. I noticed that I was not moving towards those. And I was really happy about that. That was a big win. Yeah. And then I noticed because I wasn't doing that, she shut down pretty quickly because I think, you know, like what Sue said, they just don't have anything to feed off of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's that's good. I mean, you have to cut off the source, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to cut it at the source. If they're trying to feed off of you, you got to, you know, stop that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, because you want to be neither passive nor aggressive. You want to be assertive. So it's far better to address Ah. noncompliance and problems in the relationship directly. And you want to frame it as we have a problem, not you are a problem. Wow. That's a big point. Um, Not passive, not aggressive, but assertive. Mm -hmm. And I think if we all understood how to be assertive in our lives, we'd be happier for it. Yeah. But it's not, it's not easy. It's a hard middle. Again, it's the middle ground. It's like you want to swing wildly. I want to be passive. I want to be aggressive. Because right. those are easier because flying to one end of the spectrum is easier than finding a nuanced middle ground. Right. Absolutely. And then in terms of that last sentence where it says, uh, it's not we have a problem, it's, or no, I'm sorry, frame it in terms of we have a problem and not you are the problem, yeah. right? So like a lot of therapists say this too, like in relationships, it's not you and uh, him or you and you against each other. It's yeah. you and you against the problem, yeah, right? exactly. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, when you go along with your partner's tactics or take on his or her responsibilities, you enable and encourage more passive-aggressive behavior. 
It would be similar to nagging your child, but allowing the youngster not to do his or her chores. Mm. This takes practice and requires being assertive, so be prepared to set boundaries with consequences. Yeah, so it's not like... I mean, well, that's what we talked about in our boundaries episode, that we're really bad about that. Our boundaries (laughs) rarely actually have consequences. But, yeah, that's... That's what we need to do because if you don't, it enables that person to continue behaving that way, right? Like, it's the, like, if you say this or are this way, I'm going to have to leave. And then you actually leave. Right. Not just say it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to. And it's awkward. It's going to be super awkward. Yeah. Actually, I remember doing this with my dad. I think it was, I had set a pretty firm boundaries over politics and the fact that I didn't want to discuss that with him because we both have very different views um and a couple times I felt like that was crossed so I like left the restaurant and I mean I will say this was before I understood boundaries and the fact that maybe I should have set that boundary I didn't really set it in place to be honest I was just like I made it clear to him in passive aggressive ways yeah that I was not happy with Mm -hmm. the uh, discussion on politics and so I got mad when he didn't get this and just stormed out But looking back, in retrospect, that's not the right way to handle it either. It's like you have to set that boundary first and let them know, look, I'm going to leave the restaurant if you end up discussing politics any further, right? That's a really good point because I feel like we can have a boundary in our head. Yeah. But then be passive aggressive about it. And it's so funny being like the execution is the point where I think it kind of breaks down and we can kind of have rose-colored glasses on being like, no, I did have the boundary. And it's like, no, you tried to imply it by being passive-aggressive. Yes. Like, they can't read your mind, you know? Exactly. Right. And I, that's my hardest point with all this, really, yeah. is, like, I – this is how my passive-aggressiveness comes out, is mm-hmm. I am just so, like, why don't you understand what the need already? Like, I'm making it so clear when really I'm not. Yes. I'm doing all these side steps, and they're seeing all these side steps mm-hmm. and trying to figure out the source of it. Yes. But instead of just telling them the source of – this, this is, is why how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah, then then that's what ends up suffering. So. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, passive aggression, I think, is really pervasive and I think sneaks up on you because it's not aggressive, so it's hard to see. It's hard to note. It's hard to be aware of. It, like, kind of sneaks. It's sneaky. No, oh, it's so sneaky. In fact, I didn't even think I had a problem with that until I realized, like, oh, shit, I have a problem with As this. As we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know what we should do? I just thought of this right now. Yeah. Um, at the end of our episodes, we should say the thing that we want to work on the next week or something for Ooh. this, like, subject. Okay, I love that right? idea. That's a really good idea. That's. Yeah. I feel like that would be fun because I think I learn a lot these these chats are cathartic and really helpful, I think, for us. Yes. And so I want to engage with that and actually use that, you know? Yeah. Moving and forward. I think that would help our listeners to be like, have some action steps for mm-hmm. maybe them to work on this yeah. next week too. So, Well, then what do you think, Brooke? What are you going to work on? Um, as in regards to passive aggressiveness? Or- yeah. I am going to work on directly communicating my needs and being assertive more. Yeah. Yeah. At the get, at the jump. At the jump. Because I need to learn how to do that. Assertiveness is not my uh, strength. (laughs) No. That's kind of mine too, but I'm going to say like when there is a problem, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be assertive and clear about the problem. I'm not going to skirt around it 
and yes. try to make it sound better than it is or like there isn't a problem. That's usually what I try to do. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's not nice. That's passive aggressive. Yeah. And just to add on top of that, I'm going to work on the anger piece of it too, mm-hmm. of like communicating my anger yeah. in, in a healthier way because there is a way to be angry in the mm-hmm. moment but communicate properly. Like find compassion, find the empathy, yeah. write down a couple bullet points of the actual things that are bothering you and then just say them with that loving compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. And on that note, do, do you, you like us? us? Bye. Bye.